GM, you're a pro. GM. What's that? You're a pro because you, you knew how to do the co-host thing. So that's cool. Mm, yeah. I mean, I was looking around. There's not too many buttons. I could <laughs> probably just try it. But yeah. How are you? I'm good. I, yeah, I was very shocked this morning when the snow was in front of my house. Also, Carl, um, congrats to your first space. Oh, yeah, thanks. I know, I was uh, thinking about that. I've been talking about hosting a space forever and just haven't really got around to it, but I'm really glad that we're making the time to do this. I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's been a long time coming. It's so funny because we've been talking about it for so long and, you know, it doesn't take that much to just open the space, but it's funny that it took us so long. Yeah, I mean, I think for me it's just classic, like, overthinking about everything. There's uh, so many things I could talk about that I end up just not talking about any of them, aside from hopping into everyone else's spaces and then getting all the inspiration. Yeah, I I sometimes struggle to, like, figure out the topic of the space because there's so much that I would want to talk about, and then I get overwhelmed and I can't think of anything. Because there's just so much that we can talk about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, I don't know, there's so many things that are happening all the time in this space across the whole creator economy. It's just that it's hard to narrow it down to one thing because as soon as you start talking about one thing, everything just leads into the next and then there's like a thousand news events that you could bring up. Yeah, I generally like talking about things that are... um like kind of timeless. Mm. I mean, obviously the puns. Like sometimes it's it's cool to to discuss something that's happening and just like in the heat of the moment and see like everyone's opinions, like the the Instagram thing, for example, at the moment. But I I also love talking about things that are kind of timeless or more people can or more people have thought about more insightfully. Like if we talk about art or just an approach to photography or whatever. I think those topics are, people are more informed about those topics. But yeah, I guess it, it depends. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a good point. It's, there's so many topics where everyone kind of has their own niche connection to, and they have some relatable experience to, or like you're saying, they've thought about it for a long time. So when something new pops up, then everyone has a very well thought out and informed opinion on it because they've tangentially talked about it or thought about it for a long time. So yeah, I definitely get what you mean. And those are always interesting to talk about because then we can hear so many people's perspectives. And I that's one of the things I love about this space overall is just how many different people there are and how many perspectives get brought into these conversations. It's, uh, I, I like to refer to it as just like breaching echo chambers, especially in spaces because you're not dealing with an algorithm. You're just dealing with people that are brought together by a shared concept. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if anyone wants to tweet out the space, we really appreciate that. Just get some more people in and then we're going to start chatting. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. <laughs> every, every time I, uh, I mute, I end up going to sit down and then I start talking and I stand up and start walking around again. I I usually um, when I host spaces I just lay in bed because it feels like more chill. So when I sit in front of my desk it feels super serious. 
So I just started chilling in bed and it feels like I'm just having a conversation with friends rather than like a, a business meeting almost. Yeah, for sure. It's amazing how much just shifting your environment a little bit can impact the whole vibe of what's going on. This morning I um I went to one of the like music spaces. Uh, I think Chip hosted them. And th that was like the first time that I went to a space like that. And it's interesting. Like I like the concept, but just the quality of the music, you're, it kind of annoys me because I like <laughs> to listen to music when the quality is good. But I think the, the concept is really cool that <laughs> that they do that and just like listen to completely different music that I would never listen to. Um, because I feel like I always listen to the same genre, um, or not necessarily the same genre, but just like the type of music that I like. So just going into that space and getting a new perspective on music is also really, really interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. I haven't been to one of those before, but it sounds to me kind of like if you're going to have, uh, like a live poetry reading or when we have the, the share your story with photos, it's nice that music now has a place too with that audible connection. But yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean that if you're listening to kind of grainy space music, it's probably not the the nicest, but at least it can give you a, an indicator on like the flavor of the music. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Carl, should we get going? We have a lot of familiar faces here, so it's really nice that you guys joining us on the first space that we're doing together. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. This space is something that Julie and I have been talking about doing forever. Uh, it's kind of funny. I was scrolling back through our conversations yesterday just to see like how the, the past year has been. Um, for context, Julie was one of the first people I started talking to in the space, and we started learning about NFTs together. We kind of joked that we went to school together learning about NFTs and blockchain and just the development of the creator economy. And scrolling back through all of our uh, conversations, I think I came across us talking about, oh, we should have a space. We should do a space. We've mentioned it like 20 times over the last year, but I'm really excited to get going on this and to have uh, have this conversation. So I guess just as a little bit of background about myself, I'm a photographer, a videographer. I, I shoot astro, landscape, wildlife. Uh, my main focus, though, probably my primary passion is time-lapse photography, which I really love because I can shoot both photos and then have a, a video output at the end. So I like kind of playing around with time. And for, uh, I guess, a little bit more about me, I'm an engineer and a patent agent, and I'm just looking forward to learning more about the creator economy and helping to inspire conversations about this topic because I think there's a lot of exciting things that are going on right now. So. I think that the more we have these open discussions, the more we can think about how we can develop this ecosystem in a way that benefits everyone, the more uh, everyone will be able to kind of thrive and prosper and help build each other up. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah, thanks, Carl. It's it's funny because when I, when I came into the space, then um, when we connected, I feel like everything was so new to me and I was very, very overwhelmed and I bombarded Carl with so many questions um, just to <laughs> just to understand everything. And I feel like he was really good at breaking down things and explaining them in a really simple way for people who don't really have an understanding of the concept yet. They kind of, yeah, just get a get an overview um, 
of of what's going on and that's kind of also one of the reasons why we wanted to call this um this space the bigger picture because i feel like that's what Colin and i often talk about just trying to see taking a step back and looking at things from different perspective and seeing the bigger picture and we also like that it kind of has um something to do with photography in a way so we we like to tie that in and um yeah uh, i don't know yeah I'll, I'll talk a little bit about myself as well um i don't really <laughs> like talking about myself but um yeah my um i'm a photographer and filmmaker and also um, i've been working as a full-time photographer for four five years now and the last year i started spending more time figuring out um like the whole filmmaking world and i've been really really enjoying that so that's kind of where i'm going at going with my time and energy and i guess coming into nfts um i i was i started or like the first time i heard about it was um through my brother because he is really heavily into crypto and everything and uh for me it was always very confusing and overwhelming so i guess that's why i've always pushed it back and didn't really want to have to do anything with it and i remember my brother told me at the beginning of um was 2021 it was like you should look into nfts and i uh, kind of didn't listen to his advice <laughs> and um was just um uh i don't know i guess overwhelmed and and then i when i um i don't know how to explain this because in my head is everything's kind of mushed together um but yeah. i guess coming yeah go ahead I was going to say that the time in this space is so wild. It's uh, it's hard to think back about when specific things happen. Yeah, absolutely. But I think um, I went through a burnout in in August last year, and that was a really difficult time for me. And it was kind it kind of had to do a lot with just spending so much time on social media and getting so consumed from of Instagram and and that whole side of my of my job that. It was just becoming too much and I was just so drained. And so there was a few months where I just didn't have any, like I didn't do anything on social media. And then I think I saw a tweet of Kat, or not a tweet, um, uh, Instagram post of Kat. And she was talking about how NFTs have changed her life. And that was pretty much like a year ago. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a try. I've always been a big fan of of her work and i've seen other people like um ricardo and finn they were already like posting some stuff about nfts on instagram but i guess when i saw the post of cat was the first time i really decided to come over here and then yeah and then that's that's how i got into it yeah that's awesome i mean i'm, I'm sorry to hear that you had so much burnout i know that we we talked about that a lot and i think that was something that brought us together too it's a, a big aspect of social media, I think, that the development of the kind of web to creator economy really did just push burnout and the way to succeed was to grind every day and, and posting constantly, which I, I know that it may have been the best thing that they could come up with at the time, but I'm excited that we are kind of beginning to see the development of a new system. 
So I guess kind of on that topic, I got into NFTs a little bit earlier, but at the time I didn't know that they were NFTs. Uh, when I was in school, I was actually researching how to try and solve fake news after the 2016 election and the Cambridge Analytica scandal, which for people that don't know, effectively a data company uh, worked with Facebook to uh, scrape data from all many, many users in America and then use that data to target very specific people with political ad campaigns. Uh, so that kind of impacted the way that people were able to get news in an unbiased way. Um, so I started looking into fake news and looking into blockchain as a potential solution because if you can always trace a file, a digital file back to its source, that to me sounded like a wildly cool and new technology that we had never really seen before. So I started looking into that and it was kind of difficult at the time because back in 2017, I don't think even the crypto punks were out yet. Uh, so I know NFTs were around, but they were very much not talked about. So I kind of, yeah, kept researching, didn't really come up with a solution. Um, the solution I came up with is that we just need to educate more people and talk about these issues and make it so that people understand how algorithms work and understand how social media works. Because once you start to understand how these things operate, you can begin to see them as a tool that you can use instead of being used as a tool by them. So I think that that's a really important aspect of Web3 generally is, uh, I guess, educating people on how the tech works. Because once you understand how it works, you can see the bigger picture and you can start to see how this might actually change the internet. So then about, I think it was November last year, I think uh, almost like this week or maybe next week, but a year ago, I came across uh, some more people talking about NFTs. I had seen like Tyler's Journey talk about it. I'd seen Kath post about it on Instagram and uh, I saw with Luke share something about it too. So then I just started looking into it a little bit and ended up watching a video on the top 10 NFT sales of 2021. And I just, it just blew my mind uh, because there was so much, I thought, kind of underlying commentary about the, the principles and the philosophy of Web3 with some of these sales. And that just made me really start to see this bigger picture and how these things could tie together. And I started having flashbacks to all that research that I was doing back in 2017 to try and solve fake news. And it was with this cool technology called an NFT that enables someone to create uh, a digital certificate associated with a file, a digital file, something that had never really been possible before. So that's when I kind of started thinking of the possibilities here. And as an artist, as a photographer, I can timestamping is, I think, a big aspect of what we do. We tend to look back through time and see, oh, okay, like I took this photo at this time, I took this photo four months later, look at how I've improved and look at how my style has developed. So I think because every digital photo I take has a time imprint on it, extending that to the blockchain and kind of uh, improving the ability to trace those files was a pretty cool concept, uh, let alone being able to do that for things that would perhaps be controversial. So I began to start to see this as a lot more of a tool that creators could use to help with the development of their authentic brand. Um, and also from a copyright perspective too, there's been a lot of issues throughout social media where people have 
been stealing photos, you just screenshot and then you share it to a different account. And that account gets all of the benefit of sharing that really cool photo that this creator worked super hard to take or a digital work or a painting they've taken a photo of. So I really liked the concept that we'd be able to actually begin to tie the source of these digital files back to a specific creator and allow the kind of progression of their brand in a way that was very traceable and transparent and genuine, really. So I'm really excited for the development of Web3. I've been looking into it a ton. After that first week when I started looking into NFTs, I came across Punk6529's Megathread. And that's when I like full on just fell down the rabbit hole <laughs> and spent uh, the next two months trying to get Julia to read it. Uh, but like, there's a ton of information there. So if anyone hasn't read it yet, I, I highly recommend that. But yeah, so I guess for me, I see this. Oh, do you want to pin that up? Do you have it uh, in your bookmarks or is it his pin tweet? Yeah, it's his, it's his pin tweet. I can share that. Sure. Sorry for interrupting the flow. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, yeah, I guess for me, like we we were talking about burnout with Instagram, and I think that if we can kind of keep having these conversations and think about those underlying principles, then we'll be able to really help people develop this economy in a way that's really artist first and creator first. And that to me is kind of what was missing with web two, where we had all of these, uh, centralized systems develop that began to commoditize people's attention in exchange for them to make money, but without passing on that benefit back to the creators. So uh, for me, this is just really interesting. And I know that there's been a lot of discussion about Instagram lately and their introduction of NFTs, but. We can get into that a little bit later. Yeah, I, I think from from my side, really, almost being you know so reliant on on Instagram as well, because for most of my years as a like for my career as a photographer, I was kind of relying on on Instagram for for income, especially at the beginning, and it was you know it was going really well and. I, I think I never really stopped and, and took a moment to think like, what if this goes away? Like, I have no safety net. Like, it, it was kind of like a scary thought where once I realized that, and I think once Instagram started changing the algorithm, started, you know, implementing all these different features or like just going um, more into the direction of short, short form video content and be becoming more like TikTok, I just realized that this is not really like it, it didn't it wasn't that fun anymore for me and also after doing social campaigns for three or four years it just becomes so repetitive that you just don't want to do it anymore because I mean sure it's it's there's so many cool brands that that I've worked with but it's like most of the time it's they send you a product and then you go somewhere and you take the photos and it's as I said, like so repetitive and there was no challenge in it. Like, and that's, I guess, also a reason why I wanted to step more into filmmaking. And then on top of that, also now being more involved in the NFT space, like I'm just really excited about all the possibilities that 
creators can become more independent and they can they don't have to rely on brands and you know algorithm to to make money and you know just because i said like it could go away or you know things can change and 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 that's why i'm really excited about the whole web3 um concept so but yeah yeah absolutely those are great points so Part of the reason I was looking into this too was back in, I think it was December 2021, but it maybe it was December 2020, I'd have to check. There was a, a news article that I read and it was about Facebook rebranding as Meta. And then uh, very shortly afterwards, the user with the account name at Metaverse just had her account get deleted randomly. Like who knew why? And there was nothing she could do about it. She just lost all her followers, lost everything. And the reason that she ended up getting her account back was because the New York Times picked up the article or picked up her story and then used social pressure to get Facebook or Meta to allow her to have her account back. So to me, that was just such a great example of the power of Web3 and why, like you're saying, we shouldn't really rely on Web2 centralized platforms for income uh like yes it's okay if that's your side hustle but if that's your main main source of income for a living that's really kind of scary to think about this single organization that could just go down or just delete your account and then if you ever have tried to send a response or a what's it called a, a, like a request to instagram i don't know if i've ever gotten a response for something like it's they're just too big right so for me this was a cool way that i could start to see how this technology could actually begin to bridge these different social media platforms in a way that brought that control back to the creator. And that's actually like what you were saying about that independence, Julia, I think that's a great point. And how I like to think of it, not that I came up with this, but there's the term of self-sovereignty. And that's traditionally been a concept that has to deal with a person living in their own country and having the ability to like live within that state and be their own person. But what we're starting to see now is the development of digital self-sovereignty. And when we deal with that and digital identity from a Web2 perspective, it's really hard to get that self-sovereign aspect of it because it's all being funneled through these centralized systems. So when I started to get more into NFTs, I saw kind of the potential here that we could begin to give that power back to the creator. And kind of on your point too about the the different tech and how you were getting a bit uh, almost desensitized with Instagram and, and the way it was operating. For me too, I was looking out, well, when I first came across NFTs, I was thinking, oh, this is cool. Like it's uh, it, because it's code and because we're dealing with programmable things, I wonder how you can start to bring in more uh, real life physical connections to digital art. So my first thought was, oh, okay, maybe because I like doing time lapses, I can bring the, the element of time in there. And I think it was like my second day using Twitter. And that's when Ben Strauss released his uh, Transient series, where he, with what became Transient Labs, uh, released the dynamic NFT that changed with time. So it rotated through different photos based on the time of day of whoever held the NFT. So I think that was actually great timing for me getting into this ecosystem, looking for that mix up like you were talking about, something that could be a bit different and a bit more powerful. 
And I think it's cool that NFTs can be a lot more expressive of an individual creator's vision because it is in this virtual realm. Not to take away from, of course, people that are selling uh, NFTs that are like scans or photos of physical works, but it kind of opens the doors to a lot more interesting digital work as well. Yeah, I think it's also this aspect of freedom in a way because I feel like, especially on Instagram, there is that pressure to having to post the best photos. And, you know, after posting for three or four years, almost every day over there, you kind of understand like which photos are going to work. Like you, you like sometimes it's an element of surprise, but most of the time, you know, this photo is going to do well. And, you know, you become kind of a, a slave because you start thinking in that way. Like, what can I shoot that is like the best thing that's going to like the most epic landscape? And, and like if we talk about it in those um, terms, but and and the same thing also, I've I've um, I've really become a slave, became a slave of shooting everything um, vertically just because I was shooting for Instagram and I was just going through my photos the other day. And I was like, I almost have no landscape photos for my website, which was kind of uh, annoying. Um, but I kind of, you know, got around a way around it. But, but yeah, the the aspect of of freedom that NFTs allow an artist to have is amazing because there there is like that pressure kind of goes away. And if you have people that really believe in you and you find, you know, collectors that believe in you, then you probably even have that extra level of freedom where you're, you're like, can take risks and be able to, um, yeah, to try different things. And I think that's like the most important thing as an artist to develop your vision is to take risks and experiment with different mediums, collaborate with different people and trying to learn more um, about yourself as an artist instead of always staying in your comfort zone, which I'm guilty of doing because for me, it just it has always worked. And that's why I kept doing it until to the point where I was just like, this is not fulfilling anymore. Um, and yeah, so that's why I'm really, really excited to to get into um, or to mint NFTs soon, and and yeah, yeah, those are great points. I think that especially the shooting vertical. I mean, it's interesting, right? That that kind of has been an entire genre shift in the development of content creation. Uh, and I mean, it's all back to smartphones because the vast majority of content is viewed on phones. So we're kind of being more and more tied to these devices that are mostly run with apps that have been commoditizing our attention span. And uh, yeah, see Luca reacting there. We've talked about this a lot. Attention span is something that I've just found fascinating because over time, especially over the last 10 years or so, humans' attention span has dropped drastically. And a large part of that is because these algorithms that have developed are just encouraging uh, the vertical format taken on a phone and as short as possible with as many transitions as possible so that you can try and hook someone's attention span using effectively what becomes like a fight or flight response through uh, kind of excessively moving and rapid transition art uh, or just other forms of content. So 
that's actually another reason that I was looking into this more. And, and I mean, I hope that you start taking some landscape shots because I guess for me on that point, I just shoot mostly time lapses. And if I'm not shooting the Milky Way, I almost always shoot landscape. So I've been frustrated with it from the other side that it could be really hard to convey my full vision of what I'm trying to do as an artist when I have to zoom in to like one third of the photo. And especially for astrophotography, it's something that it's meant to be viewed big. It's meant to be something that draws you into the frame because it's such an expansive and vast universe out there. So that's another reason why I was looking forward to getting into NFTs. It felt like a really natural fit because a lot of people were using their computers to purchase NFTs. So they actually get that larger frame of reference. They, they get the bigger picture, literally. Um, and that was just something that I thought was cool that there was this developing system of people from everywhere in the world that were interested, not just in having a thousand pieces of content thrown at them, but having really, really high quality content shown to them in a very like curated and deliberate and intentional way. As Julia knows, one of my favorite things to say about NFTs is that people should mint with intention. Um, of course, there's a different strategy for everyone, but I think and kind of what you were talking about, Julia, about the development of a group of people that are interested in seeing your work that allows you to experiment and kind of move outside of your comfort zone. I think that's really what a deliberate uh, expression of artistic works through minting with intention can really allow the development of that community of people because you're kind of showing uh, how much care and thought you're putting into your work in a way that others can pick up on. And I think this is, in my opinion, a lot better than what's going on with traditional Web2 social media, because you're able to, I guess, foster that community and cut through the noise. And even if you don't have a million people liking your photo that aren't going to pity you or do anything about it, you might have 10 people look at your photo and those 10 people like really get a lot out of it. They, they pick up what you're putting down, like they understand the vibe they understand the emotion that you've put in there and as an artist when you have that very direct connection with not even a collector but just someone that really gets what you're trying to put out there it's a really special feeling like uh when i sold my first nft it was to sinister dates and he's someone that is very interested in mindfulness and art which was exactly what i was trying to go for with my collection so having someone like that collect my first piece and other people looking into it and talking about it. It just, I really felt the beginnings of that community. And on that note too, back to Punk6529, which I think we could probably do constantly. Uh, it wasn't the first time that I heard this, but it's the concept of 1,000 true fans. And to me, uh, for those of you that don't know, 1,000 true fans is the idea that as a creator, of anything, whether it's writing, whether it's art, whether it's photography, just something that is a result of your skill and work and representative of your mind in some way, if you're able to find people to show that work to, and you're able to build a community of a thousand true fans, you're then able to monetize your work in a way that will allow you to create for a living. And traditionally, that's been really difficult to do because if you were a photographer, like pre-internet, you'd have to go get your film developed, 
and then go hang it on the street or try and get into a gallery. And you have a very centralized, specific geographical location that really limits the number of eyes that can see your work. And I guess you could maybe get famous and go in the newspaper or something, and that allows you to kind of get outside your echo chamber. But for the average person, it was really, really difficult to make a living as a creator. But with the advent of the internet, we now have the ability to connect with anyone anywhere in the world. And what I've been personally experiencing is through that development of intentional actions and sharing of photos, I really do feel like I'm beginning to build community. And I know when we first got into NFTs, Julia, like a year ago, there was a lot of discussion on community and how it was kind of like an overused and overhyped term that eventually ended up losing meaning. But when I think of it, I think of it from the concept of a thousand true friends, not even a thousand true fans, but people that are willing to share your work and people that are willing to help you succeed, whether that's through emotional support or sharing your art or giving you critical feedback or maybe collecting it. And there's so many different ways that people can add value to each other. And what I've been really noticing throughout the development of the Web3 creator economy is just how much synergistic value we end up having by having these discussions and having people share their work where like the the sum of the value based on each individual person putting their effort in to talk to each other and having these overlap and thoughts ends up being a lot greater than if one person was just sitting on a street corner holding up their art for everyone to see. That was a long rant. How um you're I think you're just blowing everyone's everyone's mind and I'm just trying to to um uh, there's so many things that I wanted to mention. I think I have to start <laughs> writing them down <laughs> so I can follow along. But I think some uh something that sparked uh, or like a thought that sparked from from you talking um was let me think was the the concept of like the obviously like the the concept of the hundred true friends like i love that because that's really what i've noticed also coming over here like i have such a better and closer relationship to the people that i talk to on here every day and i think that's also because of spaces and because we get to be much more intimate um you know with our with our conversations, so that's one point. And the other point is that I feel like my relationship with my art and art in general has changed since I came over to to Twitter and started, you know, researching more about Web three, because I feel like the art is being more valued, and artists are not being seen as like content creators or people who work for free, but they're actually like valued members of this community and i honestly love that because it helped me to break down some you know um imposter syndrome that i had being so put in a box for so many years and something that's also really really exciting to me is that i get to experience beyond like photography and i see so many incredible artists that inspire me so so much and a funny thing is that I actually went to art high school and you know we had um, painting classes and graphic design classes and all that stuff and since I graduated I never touched any um, of my art ut utensils and 
yesterday was the first time that I that I opened like my old sketchbook and started drawing again just because I've seen uh, so much good art over the last few weeks and I was like this is amazing like this is just so much fun and probably no one's ever gonna see this but it's just fun to me and and I love that that happened to me that I I allow myself to explore more you know different creative um different creative outlets that's the word so yeah I, I think there's just so much positivity um that comes from being in this space um yeah yeah uh, absolutely and i mean i'm pumped like so pumped to hear that you started drawing again that's awesome i i think that i mean of course as a photographer i love taking photos i would love to get more into uh physical art too because i do think there is a different connection when it's just free form like that where you're just kind of i don't know you're literally just going with the flow which again is a concept that we can get into at some other point but I love slow. Uh, I have so many book recommendations on this, as I know I've told you. But I think that what you're saying about art and your understanding of it and how it's kind of developed over your time in this space, I resonate a lot with that. Like, I feel as though I just got a crash course in art education over the last year just by hearing so many incredible people speak about their work and what it means to them and the techniques that they're using to create and the innovation and inspiration that they're using to create these like wildly new and cool things, especially when we get into virtual art, like 3D renders and the ability of people to like step into these virtual realities, like uh, May's work and Nixta, I think is her username. Like for her, she got really successful by creating this Mayverse, she calls it, which is 3D works that have been created in various uh, like Blender type programs. And I think what's really cool is through seeing so much of this development of artistic style from so many different people, you can really start to see how people are kind of building a projection of their own worldview like how they see the world and the beauty in it and the way that they want to kind of convey that to other people. So maybe what I'm getting at is when I'm on Instagram, I see a single photo here and there, but it ends up getting kind of lost in a feed of a thousand other things based on the other people that I follow. But with NFTs, I started to see art as a collection where people took the time to not just create one piece of work, but to create 10 or 20 or 50 and tie them together with a common theme in a way that really shows off the the depth of their artistic style. And to me, NFTs have been just such a good way to do that because kind of like we were saying before, you now have an incentive where art is being valued properly, in my opinion, based on the amount of work it takes to create these things and self-reflection and overcoming a mental health issues. Like, there's a lot of value that comes from this art creation. And we're able to really see the depth of that with these collections. So I'm excited that NFTs are enabling artists to monetize in a way that is life-changing. And of course, everyone isn't gonna be selling their work for like two to five ETH or whatever, or even one ETH, but the fact that the system is there and the collectors and the Web3 community as a whole is recognizing that value and buying these high value pieces of work, 
I think really elevates the rest of the community of artists as well, because they have the potential to kind of build up to that. And they have so many incredible role models to look up to for people that have been doing this their entire lives or only recently, but just have like a knack for it. And that kind of goes to what I was saying too, about the more interactions we have with your a thousand true friends or fans, the more you begin to kind of layer that value over top of one another and really begin to build a solid foundation that, like we're saying, adds value and is recognized as being valuable by so many more people than before. So yeah, I, I think it's it's fascinating and really cool. And I, I can't wait to see your, your drawing NFTs in, in the near future. Yeah, not, not sure that's going to happen. But um, Carl, I know that we, we talked about this briefly yesterday, but I think this would be a really interesting topic to discuss um, what Instagram is doing with the integration of NFTs. And, um, you know, because you've, you've been talking about how, um, how or we've been talking about, you know, art being valued. And I feel like on Instagram, it's so much about mass, like like quantity over quality almost that I'm I'm kind of scared that that's kind of going to be the approach that the Instagram community is going to take on with the NFTs and I think so many people are going to just jump into it without really knowing what's going to happen and not being educated so I don't know if you want to touch on on those things I think that'd be really interesting for everyone yeah absolutely so this is something as you can tell, I've been thinking about for a long time. Um, there are so many elements that go into social media and its development over the last really 12 years. The fact that you can drop onto a platform and have instant access to a community of like 3 billion people, that's it's incomprehensible. Like I just I can't really fathom how many people use social media. So from that perspective, the introduction of NFTs, are a good thing in a way because like we were saying before you don't have to just like hold your photo up on the side of the road um you you don't have to post it into this feed of constantly changing things but you can drop a collection onto instagram as a marketplace a marketplace that's going to be i'm sure connected by credit card instead of crypto which all of a sudden opens the door to a ton more money from the average person that doesn't understand how to set up a wallet and to be completely honest, maybe shouldn't set up a wallet because they don't know what they're doing, right? Like there's a there's a lot of education and risk associated with self-sovereignty, the topic we were touching on before. So to me, this is kind of like a, a clash between self-sovereignty and mass production, like you're saying. And that's, I don't 100% know how I feel about it yet. I think it really is going to depend how it ends up being developed, but... I think that what we will probably start to see is a different tier of artistic works. Um, not to say that it has to be that, but like you could, for example, mint on foundation or mint on manifold and then just use Instagram as a marketplace for displaying your NFTs, even if you don't sell them. So to me, that's awesome because now I have the ability to, like I have whatever, 2,700 followers on Instagram. I can start displaying my NFTs there in a way that I can begin to educate my fans in a way that I think they can access this system safely. And for me, maybe that's not purchasing directly through Instagram, but it's purchasing 
through my website, perhaps. And in order to get to where my NFTs are on my website, which they're not there yet, uh, maybe I have some articles explaining what NFTs are. And I kind of, I, I mean, they're there now, but uh, I think that the education component is, is really important if people are going to be purchasing using crypto wallets. Um, so with that in mind, though, in terms of the value and the way I see the system developing from uh, like quality versus quantity standpoint, uh, not that Tezos is lower quality by any means, but it's an entry point for many artists that couldn't afford to mint on ETH. Uh, so that we ended up seeing so many successful artists that were selling in volume instead of uh, not not quality. Like the, the quality was there for sure, but they were they were going for high volume, low cost, which I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, right? Like it depends what your day job is. It depends if you're doing this full time for a living or if this is just something that you're doing on the side. So if you want to sell a thousand works at 0.001 ETH, I mean, you're still going to make an ETH. So that's awesome. Like the fact that you can have this system develop where someone can still make two grand off of selling a thousand pieces, uh, two grand Canadian, uh, that's that's a pretty cool system. However, the, the issue with that is when we start to see the blending of different value systems where we see like, an Instagram minted NFT beside a foundation minted NFT, and it's like a one of one versus addition of a thousand, right? Like, how how are we going to keep those separate in a way that doesn't devalue our collectors when they're trying to to buy? Maybe not as an investment, but they're they're kind of investing in artists in a way that they think people are going to go up. So, how I kind of see the development of the Insta ecosystem is, we'll probably see people that are using it more as a digital print shop where you just buy the NFT and maybe they're selling it for like 10 to $50 and they're not trying to sell it for an ETH. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a different thing. And that might also get people into the ecosystem in a way that they're like, uh, like Punk6529 says, just get some on their first NFT and then they'll be hooked, right? Like it's kind of a, a very strange concept for the average person to begin to purchase a digital asset in a way that they actually feel ownership over it. Like we were talking about before, that's a concept that didn't exist before Bitcoin really, because anyone could just screenshot and there was nothing you could do to stop them. But now what you own is not the art itself per se, you own the certificate of authenticity on the blockchain. And once you have access to that ownership and you've kind of tasted the feeling of what it means to begin developing your collection with scarce digital items, I think we'll start to see a lot more people getting involved and perhaps going through Twitter, perhaps going through other social media platforms. So I realize I'm kind of just going in circles there, but I feel like I can't really say if it's going to be good or bad in terms of the, the, the overly large volume. I think it's up to every single individual creator to really think hard about what's my marketing strategy? What's my NFT strategy? Do I want to mint a thousand pieces or do I want to mint 10 or 20 or 50? And there's no right answer here. And I know scarcity is also a topic that is way overblown, in my opinion, um, that's just talked about way too often. But I think it's going to come down to the individual and how they want to demonstrate value to the people that are collecting their works. And if they're demonstrating value by creating something that's just meant to be hung on a digital wall 
and it's like a poster instead of like a fine art painting like that's cool like you can sell posters you can sell postcards you can sell whatever you want to monetize your creations and i think that's awesome that we have this opportunity to do so but this kind of ties into i think self-sovereignty in a way that i mean i personally didn't mint anything until i used my own independent smart contract through manifold and the reason i did that is because I didn't want to mint on the OpenSea shared contract and then have OpenSea just decide to arbitrarily delete my account and make it way more difficult to access my NFTs. I didn't want to mint through, like, for example, now Instagram and have my NFTs minted on a contract that's owned by the company that I was trying to avoid with all this stuff in the first place. So I think that uh, it is going to depend how... The wallet situations are dealt with on Instagram when you're minting. Like right now, I believe you can just connect your MetaMask or you can connect your your Phantom wallet or your Rainbow. So that's bringing in this the self-custodial wallets, they're called, like the separate wallets. So in that way, it's operating as a read-only function where you can just view what you've already minted or already purchased. But what we're going to start to get into is a new chain of provenance with art that's minted on the Instagram contract, depending on how they use a smart contract. So if that's the case, uh, I mean, it kind of brings up all those issues we were talking about with self-sovereignty and that I find concerning. Um, but it, it's, it's hard to say, though, when collectors are looking at all of your work, like if someone goes on to my foundation page, I just have my my smart contract, like the one that I pin, pinned up above. And you can just click on that and then get all, all of the NFTs that have been minted off of that smart contract. And if there's a separate smart contract for Instagram and I'm able to access that in some way, it's going to be very, very clear to a potential collector whether they're clicking into my Manifold independent smart contract or if they're clicking into my Instagram smart contract. And however I choose to value those different things is completely up to me as an artist as long as I think it's conveyed in a clear way to potential collectors so they don't feel like they're buying something that uh, is going to like really appreciate and value when you really intended it to be a digital poster instead of a fine art piece. So that's some thoughts, but what concerns me the most right now with Instagram creating an NFT collection or uh, a mintable function is that right now, uh, like I have an iPhone, Apple's terms of service for NFTs is that as long as you're using it as a read-only function, it's fine. You can access NFTs, everything's cool, which is why Instagram's been able to do that for a while and there hasn't been any fees associated with it. But if you want to mint NFTs, if you want to buy and sell NFTs, if you want to monetize them in some way, if you want to use them to token gate your community and whatever app you're using, all of that like utility aspect of an NFT, like the membership component and the buying and selling aspect of NFTs is subject to a 30% fee. And in my opinion, that's completely unnecessary because we have things like Manifold that allow us to just mint and sell directly from your own website. Uh, Foundation has a 5% fee and if someone is uh, sharing it and doing like referral links, they get 1% of that. So it could actually really be more like a four percent fee but that's way way less i actually just have a, a quick question about the the apple store um fee that you were mentioning because is this 
so every app that's going to integrate NFTs, is Apple going to take a cut? Is this what you're saying? Yep. Anything. So right now, Apple has, uh, they modified their terms of service last week, I think. Um, so there's a bit of controversy around this right now because it feels like the NFT community is fighting with them to get rid of these fees. But right now, in order to buy and sell things, you have to do that through the App Store. And if something goes through the App Store, it has a 30% fee. So if I sell you one thing for one ETH, I will only make 0.7 because 0.3 ETH will be given to Apple's like internal marketplace. That's that's for right now. I mean, who knows how this develops in the future, but it's uh, still better than Meta's ecosystem, which is 49.75% or something ridiculous too. Wow, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I still haven't really made up my mind about about the whole Instagram situation because also what you touched on it's kind of like the whole point of getting away from Instagram and now they're trying to pull all the people back in because they see that so many people have left or I mean it's not even that many people but they just probably see like how much money there is in NFTs that they're like oh we're missing out we have to do something um and you know when the intention is that when the intention is money and power then you know that it's probably not, you know, it's probably not the the best way to go about it. But I agree with you on, you know, it's going to be, it's going to shine a light on NFTs and maybe it's going to become more accepting for a lot of people because I know that there's like whenever, um, you know, NFTs are being brought up outside of, you know, our little universe here on Twitter, um, I feel like people they really shy away from it and want to hate on it because they don't really understand it and or they yeah they don't really want to understand it and I can understand that because I mean it's not that I hated NFTs before I started but I just didn't really want to get into it because I felt like it was way too complicated or I didn't even yeah I was just not educated on it so I think I don't know how they're going to solve that problem of educating people because I feel like if you want to be educated, it's something that starts with you and it's not like it's not like someone can't force education on you. It's really something that you have to be interested in. I guess, you know, setting good examples to people, being a, a role model to other people is a good thing. And I, I would love to onboard more of my friends from from Instagram, but I feel like, I don't know, I'm, I'm still like trying to figure out how to do it in not like a, I don't know, I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. And I think that with the Instagram NFT integration, you know, this conversation can open up e more easily because people are like, oh, like this is, is a, this is actually a thing, like Instagram is doing it, so it must be like something and so that's I guess a good way to to open up the conversation but but yeah with with everything you said about all your concerns like I'm really concerned about them as well so I guess we'll we'll have to see what happens yeah absolutely and I think it is going to be a great system for onboarding people like I, I completely agree and this is where like I've been trying to build my reputation a little bit as someone that I mean, I've been looking into this for a long time. I, one of our first conversations was me explaining proof of work versus proof of stake to you so that you could understand the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum. 
Like there are some fundamental concepts that we don't really think about anymore because they've become so second nature. So I've been trying to go back and like I've been writing blog posts and articles and uh, like I have my manifold minting tutorial series that I'm going to keep expanding on. So my goal is to try and create resources that can help people. Like I don't want to say teach them the right way because I don't think there is a right way. There's an infinite number of right ways. But I think that there are also very, very many wrong ways to get involved. So if I can at least kind of try to help direct people towards the light uh, to see the bigger picture here, then maybe we'll be able to onboard people in like a healthy way. And on that note, I think that actually like stepping back to, to last week when the last time something big blew up in social media uh, was Reddit onboarding people. And... I mean, I think it's fascinating that Instagram originally called them digital collectibles. Like I've had access to that for, I think like four or five months now that it could have connected my wallet, uh, but I haven't because it's Instagram and I'm still kind of concerned. And that didn't, I think, trigger people as much as NFTs have because NFTs have developed kind of a negative connotation associated with them. And I mean, I, I have mixed opinions on that because I think when you hear the term NFT, that inherently implies something to do with blockchain and can lead you to Web3. Like you can follow the blocks to the Web3 philosophy. And if you hear digital collectible, I mean, like you can go on League of Legends right now and buy a digital collectible that's not an NFT. So it's a very, it's a, it can be both a Web2 concept and a Web3 concept. And if we actually want to continue developing Web3 as an ecosystem where creators have that self-sovereignty, I think that understanding the tech is still an essential component of it because once you understand the tech, you can understand how to develop your system, build your community, and do all of these things in a way that taps into the authenticity associated with a digital identity that is directly connected to something that is not fakeable. So I think that we also have to be really careful with how these social media platforms are onboarding people. if they don't necessarily understand what they're getting into, well, it's going to make it easier for them to get scammed and harder for them to see the bigger picture. So the way that Reddit did this, which is really interesting, is they used digital collectible as the, the term, digital collectible avatar. So they effectively brought in what was the PFP movement that we saw over the last, uh, whatever, year and a half. I guess it's probably been pretty dead for the last six months or so, but before that, it was massive. And it's because people are, I think, super interested in being able to have this icon or have this image or have this 3D thing be an extension of their identity into this digital world that we've all been living in since like 2010. So Reddit, I thought was really clever how they did it. They didn't call it uh, a wallet. They called it a vault. And then when you click on it, it's like, this is your wallet. You should set up a seed phrase, blah, blah, blah. So like they kind of almost did like a bait and switch with everyone where they were like, hey, look here, we gave you this free avatar. It's a digital collectible that's only yours and no one else can have this. Oh, by the way, if you click on this vault, you can like access it and you can trade it with other people. Oh, what is a vault? A vault is a wallet that is able to connect to the blockchain. So they kind of had like three or four layers of information that allowed someone to care about this little 3D avatar that they were given before they got into blockchain and NFTs, before they could get triggered by all of this terminology that they hear and they're instantly like 
oh no, I have to learn all this stuff. Like you were saying, it's, it's kind of overwhelming at first to look into and think about these things. So I think that Reddit was actually an excellent example too, because they were a community of people that pretty much across the board, like absolutely hated NFTs. Like they hated them. It's, it's really kind of strange to me how much they hated it because they're some of the most like digital people and technologically savvy people on the internet. I think it's something like 40% of users on Reddit are considered technologically savvy. So for all these people that understood the tech, or at least understood aspects of the tech, I was always really surprised how much they didn't like NFTs. And I think it's just because the concept and like the artistic nature of these things and the the value of digital identity and being able to trace these things on the blockchain wasn't really properly conveyed. So when the digital collectible avatars were dropped in, all of these Reddit users have their username and they have their avatar. They've understood that they've had a customizable avatar for, I don't know if it's like three or four years now. Like you can, I had mine, I could change the hat, I could change the gloves, I could change the, the outfit or whatever. And people associated this connection between their username and their digital avatar. So now they were just given an upgraded version of this avatar that when you have it equipped, you've got like a hexagon around you. You've got like a, a glowing light around you. It, it stands out in the comments. So it was kind of like a free perk that Reddit gave to many people that allowed them to boost their digital identity in this ecosystem that they already feel very trusted in. And they're very used to associating that avatar with their identity. And now that they were told they could actually own this and they could transfer it to their MetaMask and then sell it on OpenSea, like, I think that was just such a clever way to, I don't want to say they sneakily bring it in because I don't think it was really sneaky. I think it was like very well layered in terms of how people would get to the point of blockchain. I know that was a lot, but how that then ties to Instagram, I mean, it's a bit different because every time you comment, there's a tiny, tiny little bubble that's your PFP, but I I think people generally associate more like the name than the photo. I know that on Twitter, I look at the, the PFP more than I do on Instagram, I think probably because it's bigger. So it also wouldn't surprise me if Instagram brings out like a wallet connect feature for the PFP and does something similar to Reddit, where if you have an NFT equipped as your PFP, then you'll be able to uh, stand out more or get shown more. Like it, uh, who knows, really, right? But I think the really the, the crux, like the fundamental component of what made Reddit so successful and why it's I, I've been looking into it a lot over the last couple of weeks, but uh, just because it has communities. It literally has r slash community, like r slash photography, r slash astrophotography, r slash space, space, r slash film photography, like whatever community you want to connect with, you can just drop in and be surrounded by a ton of people that all share the same interests as you. And that's such a powerful predetermined community building that now is being tapped into with digital collectibles and back to the concept of a thousand true fans or a thousand true friends, I think we're going to get into some really interesting times um, because I think deep down what most creators are looking to do is they are trying to develop some kind of community. 
they're trying to develop a group of people that they can talk about their art, that they can share and admire things. They can talk about the creative process, like whatever it is you're trying to bond with people, whatever it is that's driving you to share these things to the internet at large. Like when, when you have someone resonate with that and chat with you about it, and you can just form that connection over that shared interest, that really is kind of what Reddit has already built. And it has like 500 million monthly active users. It's one of the most popular and most used social media platforms of all time, regularly, consistently. It, so I think that it's actually really exciting to me that we're able to see their example of how community can be used to foster the development of NFTs in a way that can also be tied back to specific individual creators. Like each of the avatar collections on Reddit was a partnership between Reddit and an uh, artist. So that to me was awesome too, because they took this universal shape. I forget what the name of it is. It's like Snoot or something like that, the Reddit avatar. And they were able to modify it in, I think, like 3 million ways. And by doing that, they were able to connect the creators to the audience through an avatar in these different communities in a way that felt very natural, I think, to both uh, the Reddit user and the content creator. Now, what that means for Instagram, when it's more of like a a feed-based system where you're building a, a portfolio effectively. I think it's a little bit different than just having this like universal avatar. But what I would love to see is that as more and more people buy these digital collectibles or NFTs, they are able to display their favorite creators and each person is going to be able to have their own little art gallery as a tab on Instagram where they can display their favorite artist and display this like curated expression of artistic love. And that's kind of what I think a lot of this Web3 space is about too. Like I've bought NFTs from people that I really resonated with, that love the art. And at some point I'll have my virtual gallery on Cyber or in like Webiverse or some other uh, like Metaverse type platform. And I'll be able to share off that, share that art in a way that can boost the collector, the creators that I've already purchased from. So kind of what you were talking about earlier, Julia, with the how much you've kind of learned to appreciate art and the value of art, even as someone that's been a photographer for like 10 years and full time for, I think you said five, the more people begin to associate value with art and care about collecting that art, I think the more they're going to value content creators as a whole. So that's just, again, we get into the issue of, well, what about like quantity versus quality? And I think that's always going to be an issue. Like scarcity is never going to go away as a topic because some collectors are very interested in buying for investments. And I mean, in my opinion, they're investors then. Um, and some people are buying as a collector just because they love it. And we're always going to see that kind of uh, dichotomy, like that split between purchasers of NFTs. So. I think really what we're getting with all this is different experiments, like different platforms are experimenting in different ways to figure out how they can tap into the creator economy. And it's something that in the past, Web2 companies have been tapping into purely through the attention economy. And you kind of just like ride the wave of all of these little creators that are posting content constantly to keep other people on the platform. And the only way that they can start making money off this is when they get to, for example, like plus 10,000 followers. And that's when brands start getting interested. 
So where I see this as being really interesting is hopefully it will enable people with smaller followings to begin to monetize from an earlier stage by connecting with their true fans at an earlier point in their artistic career without having to tap into the money available to them by brands. So I'm hoping that that will inspire users to or consumers to become creators and contribute to this creator economy. Uh, because I think that just like we were talking about the artistic expression itself, like getting into those flow states, whether it's taking photos or whether it's uh, drawing or taking a painting again, just the mere act of creation on its own adds a lot of value, in my opinion, both to me and assuming I've connected and resonated with someone to the person that's resonating with my art. So I think the more that we can encourage people to get involved in this process and the easier they can see it as a money-making possibility in like a, an organic and healthy way, the better this ecosystem and economy is going to develop as a whole. And on that note, like I've talked to a lot of people where I'm like, oh yeah, you can get into NFTs, you should sell your art, it's beautiful. And their response is pretty much, ah, I don't want to grind on social media. Like, I don't want to do that. That's just, that feels draining. I'm already doing so many things for other people. Like, I don't want to start doing this for the world at large. And it kind of gets into, I mean, I'm sure an aspect of that is imposter syndrome, but an aspect of that is just recognizing that burnout is a real thing that can really hinder people across all aspects of their lives. So if we're able to kind of have like a risk-free way for people to begin developing their style and creating that style and doing self-reflection and developing this, their skills and their quality, and they're able to mix that progression on Instagram, that's probably going to be a good thing for everyone overall, even if they then like graduate off of Instagram into foundation or into manifold. Um, yeah, I realized that was a really long commentary, but I have so many thoughts about this and it's exciting, but like you were saying, and like we were talking about earlier, we really have to be, I think the educators where the people who have lived through, I mean, I've only been through like one up cycle, one down cycle. Um, but there are people that have been in this space for a long time and they're the ones that we've looked at to educate us on how to kind of navigate crypto winter and how to navigate building community in a healthy and organic way. So I think it's time for us now to take the skills that we've learned and help spread it to the next generation of NFT artists and the next generation of NFT collectors, which, uh, maybe unfortunately or fortunately for us is going to be like orders of magnitude larger than when we got into the system in the first place. Yeah, Carl, I um, I just always really enjoy listening to you because I feel like you you break down things in such a simple way and it's very digestible, like sometimes very overwhelming, but overall very digestible. And, um, and yeah, I, I don't really know where to... <laughs> where to start off with that i i i'm kind of just letting things sink in but i think it's super super important to have these conversations because i feel like we don't talk enough about it there's so many spaces these days going on where it's just like random shit and i'm kind of i don't know it's it, it doesn't move the community or the the space forward and, you know, there's nothing wrong with hanging out and having a good time. Like, you know, I 
I enjoy doing that every now and then, but I feel like we definitely need more of these kind of conversations. So I'm really excited, you know, that we start doing these spaces more often. Thanks, Philia. Yeah, this has been great. But yeah, I think we're just, we're living in exciting times and there's always going to be something that changes that, uh, whether for good or for bad. And this is just always going to keep moving forward. So I think as long as we can have that vision of uh, almost like a compass, I think, with at least that's how I view it with Web3, if we have that direction, right, we have these kind of underlying philosophies of openness, transparency, authenticity, decentralization, we kind of have these pillars of what the new creator economy can be. And I don't think there is a right or, I mean, there are wrong ways, like I said, but there's no right way to do that. And I think as long as we have people that are kind of collectively pushing this ecosystem forward in a way that has those values as a core fundamental concept of how they're operating, we're going to start to see some really exciting developments. Um, but of course, we always have to be careful because there are going to be people that are just trying to monetize off of uh, naive people. And I mean, those are the worst kind of people, in, in my opinion. Um, so I think if we can help remove that barrier of naivete and just get people to that other side with an understanding of what we're trying to do with this, we will start to see some true success in this space. And kind of on that note, I was actually at a conference last week. It was a, a metaverse conference. And it was really interesting hearing a lot of corporations talk about the metaverse and like how they're trying to get involved and what they're looking for. And it, it was a very like tech heavy conference. It was more about enabling the technologies than anything else. But it's <laughs> one of the first times I've talked about NFTs and Web3 in real life with multiple people that were super interested in it from an actually like very open-minded perspective and it made me feel like i am so early because talking to all of these people they have no idea what any of this stuff is they've heard of web3 they've heard of the metaverse but they don't really know how it ties in but the most fascinating part is that they all have an understanding that somehow this is tied to the creator economy and the development of the creator economy so the fact that people are already making that association between web3 and creators being kind of the core value providers here i think it is a really cool thing to see and something that hopefully we can continue fostering as much as possible yeah i mean Callum, i don't really know how to follow up on on your things because it's, it's <laughs> no worries mind-blowing um yeah <laughs> i don't know yeah no i i think it was i'm, I'm really happy that we that we decided to record the space as well. I think it's definitely, um, you know, also a good resource for for people coming into the space who would want to, you know, listen listen to this conversation because I think there's so many good points that we brought up and, and I, I really enjoyed the conversation and feel like although we have been, you and I, talking about these things a lot, like I think just repeating things and listening to you explain things again really helps me to wrap my head around these concepts because sometimes again it's just overwhelming to me and yeah i really appreciate you taking the time as well um for this and chatting to me and us yeah yeah of course i always appreciate your opinions too 
uh, I can't remember if we mentioned this earlier, but Julie and I have basically been messaging back and forth for the last year with like one minute voice notes on Instagram that would end up being like 47 voice notes in a row because we couldn't fit it in a single voice note. So I'm excited to have a platform where we can just chat about this. Um, I guess as some more context, we're planning on doing this at least once a week. Um, we'll start with that just to kind of get into the groove of things. We're going to talk about a lot of different concepts related to NFTs and Web3, the creator economy. Um, we'll try and get into specific like brand development strategies and kind of talk about different ways that creators can really start to understand the bigger picture here. And once you have a grasp of the bigger picture, your path forward starts to be a lot clearer. You don't have the the fog in your path ahead and not really sure where you're going. If you can see, oh, I need to go take a left up there or whatever. So I, yeah, to what Julia was saying about being able to share this as a resource too, that's kind of the point of this. Like we've been talking a lot independently and I think that there is a lot of value to have these conversations in a, a public forum where people can listen in and learn and hopefully messages after if they have ideas for future spaces. Like we're very open to feedback with this. And on that note too, um, Twitter spaces, I don't know if people have seen this, it has the ability to share specific clips from the Twitter space recording. So if there was something in this space that you really resonated with, or you really found helpful that you think other people would find helpful, please feel free to go back through the recording and uh, find that clip. I, I can't, I don't know how long of a portion of it you can grab, but when you share it, what's nice too, is it actually pops up with a transcription. So even if someone can't listen, they can still read what the conversation was. So I think that we're also starting to see some cool developments in Twitter space technology. And I'm hoping that that really helps us uh, create more shareable content in a way that if someone, if you're talking to one of your friends on Instagram and they're like, oh, I don't get this NFT stuff. And you're like, oh, Callum and Julia just talked about this, or I heard this in another space. Here's a, a one minute clip that kind of sums it up. Like, please feel free to share that. I think the more we can educate people on how to develop this system properly and how to get involved safely too, like that's a big aspect, the, the better this ecosystem is going to be as a whole. So I guess on that note, I'm kind of also hoping to use this space as a way to educate people on the different uses of social media and the different ways that we can communicate with one another and really try and take this value that's just free for anyone to come listen and spread it amongst as many people as possible so that we have that overlapping value system. So yeah, I guess uh, I think those are all the things that I wanted to bring up. Oh, if anyone is interested, I do have a blog. I've been writing about this. I'm trying to get it going more consistently. Um, but that's just at waterloots.com. I also have like I pinned up on top there my manifold tutorial videos. So if people are interested in getting involved with NFTs, I still do highly, highly recommend that they use their own independent smart contract. I think this is going to become another uh, issue in the same way that the shared contract on OpenSea was, but we'll see how Instagram develops their smart contracts. Um, if it is independent, then maybe this won't be an issue, but if it's not, then educating people on the importance of independent smart contracts is going to be a massive issue moving forward because people, if they don't understand the tech, are not going to understand the value of self-sovereignty. So, yeah, I guess that's maybe a good place to end. If anyone has any questions at any point in time, my DMs are open. Feel free to ask. 
And yeah, I hope that everyone has a great rest of their day. Yeah, thanks, Carl. I didn't know that you could do the the space recording sharing thing on Twitter. So that's really cool. And yeah, thank you so much for everyone who came to listen to us and we're excited for, you know, future spaces and definitely looking forward on, you know, learning and educating like kind of together and hopefully bringing more people into this because I find it super interesting and I hope more people, um, you know, have or I guess more people understand the value of learning from other people who are, uh, you know, who have been in the space and just kind of, as you said, call be a North Star for, for, for other people who are new to the space. So I'm really excited about that. And hopefully, you know, we can also bring in some people who are completely new to the space and, you know, talk about smart contracts or whatever. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. So yeah, I think we're going to close the space. Thank you, everyone. And have a good rest of your day. Yeah, thanks, Julia. Goodbye.